podcast. I'm really excited for today's episode. I have a good friend of mine from college, Joey, who joins me today. And I was thinking back to the first time that I met Joey, and I can't really pinpoint the exact moment that we met. <laughs> Joey, I was like, I don't remember this at all, but okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I don't either. I don't, rem- I don't recall. But we were in the same voice studio, mm-hmm. and eventually I think we we did talk from that but there was a time there was a time when you know we would be i think you lived in ferg too yeah and so i think we would like walk to studio and we like didn't know each other and we'd be like simultaneously like walking around the same time to studio and i think you know after a few weeks like once we all knew each other in our class Mm -hmm. we we um definitely started hanging out and over time we became closer friends and we were in choir together we were in the opera together we had classes together like we really ran in the same circles so i spent quite a lot of time with joey and joey's one of the funniest people that i know um always a good time to be around no pressure and yeah no pressure for this episode <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just, I really am excited to have Joey on. He is a music teacher in the Chicago area and among other things. And I had his now wife on the podcast in my second season. So now it's Joey's turn. So welcome to the podcast, Joey. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Happy to have you. So why don't you introduce yourself for my guest? Yeah, hi, I'm Joey. Um, for, my, nice... for my listeners, not my guests. Oh my well, God. I could introduce myself to myself if you want, but uh, I don't know that I, that would do much. Know. But um, hi, I'm Joey. Nice to meet you all. Um, hope you're all having a great day. I um, Everything Emily said was true. I was the hermit that hid in the back of, of studio class as the non-major, the one non-major in the class. I was kind of the, the black sheep of the studio um, at the beginning, and then... And then I like became part of it and it was, it was good. Emily was one of the first people though that I talked to in really the music school, but especially the studio um, because I did not know very many people at that point um, because yeah, I was, I was doing other things um, with, with the time. And then eventually I, I decided to join the music school and then Emily and I would have had many more classes at that point and, and seen each other much more beyond just freshman year, but um, we knew of each other freshman year for sure. At least pretty well. I think we we like probably rode together to like studio parties and stuff at that point too. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And you had a car on campus, right? Uh, senior year I did, but not, oh, not then, then. No, I had my, my big silver minivan. Right, mm-hmm. right. Probably caught a ride with, uh, with the upper class. Yeah, that probably. Time. Yeah, I wasn't, it wasn't cool enough, but. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's, yeah, we made it. So, so yeah, you um, you did not start out as a music major. I did not. No. So I technically start like I applied as a physics major. So I was looking engineering and, and physics everywhere, and um, liked Wesleyan's science and, and physics department a lot. Um, and so that's what I applied as. That's what I got in as. Um, 
But my senior year of high school, I was in AP physics and second semester got into like electricity and magnetism. And that was really the focus. And I realized I didn't really like physics that much anymore. So um, I, as soon as I got to college, I, um, within the first week or two changed to math. Like I registered, like, I think I was still technically a physics major, but I registered for classes as if I was a math major and um, then just was a math major from that, from there. Um, and that was, that was all right for me. I, I, there are aspects of, of being a math major that I enjoyed and I, I have always enjoyed math as a subject. Um, and I still do. Um, but there were things, just many reasons why just that year was not, um, this was only part of it, but it wasn't my best academic year. Um, just, you know, first year of college kind of getting to know what was going on and, um, you know, a lot of things changing and, um, you know, I was pretty busy at the time as well. And, and so, you know, classes didn't maybe go quite as well as I wanted to. And I was just at a crossroads where I was like, do I want to continue on this math path or do I want to uh, maybe pursue music? Cause that, that's the other thing I probably should have brought up. I was not only a physics major when I started in the math, I um, was a music, the Jennings scholarship for um, music non-majors to take lessons and things. So I was involved in, in uh, collegiate choir and, and, uh, voice lessons and studio and everything and um, was in, you know, the acapella group and everything too. I was in suspended um, that year. So I was just in the music building all the time. And that was kind of where I felt um, at home. And, and, you know, I was, it was the kind of thing where I had been doing music since I was literally five years old. My mom was a music teacher. I was surrounded by it all the time. And so I, it just kind of was a part of my life until it wasn't. Um, and, it still was a part of my life freshman year, but um, seeing other people be much more involved in music than I was, was really weird. Cause I was always like the music guy before. And I was like, you know, like I want to, this is where I want to be. Um, and, you know, with the math thing, there, there were careers and things I was pursuing and um, possibly pursuing. And, um, but I really knew at the end of the day, if I did stick with math, I, I thought I was going to add that, that education, um, you know, either double major or go back and get an education uh, certification after college. Um, I kind of knew that that was kind of where I was going to end up. So I, I switched over to music ed um, because, you know, I felt like that was the right fit for me. And I think that is right. Um, I think music ed was, was a great fit for me. Um, and, you know, then the rest is history. I tried to do a math minor after that, but music ed is, you know, uh, Emily, you, you probably know and have heard it. It's, it's a very busy major. I remember my junior year, one of the semesters, I had classes eight, I had an eight AM, nine, 10, 11 to 12, 15. Then I had lunch from 12, 15 to, to one. And then I had class at one, two, I had a break at three, but then choir at four and studio at seven and opera rehearsal after that. So it was like the, the whole day long I, I was doing things. And at that point, you know, that's how I knew that that was kind of the right spot for me, that I didn't really hate it. But at the same time, I could not, I could not do a math minor at that point. I was, um, I, one of those classes was a math class and I had to drop it because I was like, there's, you know, no way I can get all this done. And, you know, um, I've, I've gone back and, and taken some math endorsement classes since, but I, I do think music is, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a great home for me. And, um, you know, like I said, it was the right decision and, it was, it was a journey to get here, but it's where I am. Yeah, yeah. Wow, quite, quite the interesting path. I don't think yeah. there's a lot of people that go from physics uh -uh. to music ed. Uh -uh. Um, 
I mean, I might be surprised. Maybe there are. I, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, like, you know, there, there are some that are interested in both. But I would say music, I don't know. They, they say music and, like, English people more will cross over a little bit or language people. Um, yeah. T- yeah. Today, one of my students asked me um, what my favorite, best subject was in school when I was growing up. And I said choir and math. And he's like, Really? And I'm like, yeah, he's like, you are like, I thought music people were English people. And I'm like, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess I'm not. I guess I'm the exception. <laughs> so I, I'm one of those music and English people. Yeah. Like I, I wanted to get an English minor, but I never, I never did. I got like sure. halfway through and then I just, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, even, those music majors are too busy. <laughs> yes. I mean, I was going to say like the Wesleyan music ed program is intense. Mm. Like even vocal performance is really intense. Yeah. Like I feel I was, I don't know if I was like technically overloading, but like our class credits were always Mm. less in number. And so you weren't like officially overloading, but you were always taking more classes than like everyone else in the entire college. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, that's, that was part of it also because I switched um, because music ed was in terms of number of credits, it had the most credits required of any major in the school. And as Emily just said, you um the, many of the classes were worth fewer uh credits even though there were a little bit more time and so i was in a lot of classes and because i started late um i had a lot of catch up to do um and i when i made the switch i remember talking to my advisors and stuff and being like is this possible for me to get this done and get out in 4 years and it was i i would have been able to uh student teach my my last semester but um it just, it, it got to a point where I kind of had to decide whether I wanted to um, really struggle through a lot of classes or um, do that ninth semester student teaching. And at the end of the day, I, I thought, because I would have had to student teach in the spring anyway, and I wanted to be able to experience like choir tour and things senior year and experience things of senior year and not have to, because if it was student teaching in the fall, I think it would have been a different story. But because I had some requirements I had to take in the fall, um, still, you know, I, it, I think it was the right decision. And then I student taught, like I said, a ninth semester. Um, and so it, it did take me slightly longer, but, um, you know, I, I think in the grand scheme of things, having switched after a year, um, you know, it was, it was, I'm glad I was able to do it in the amount of time I was, because I, I do think um, it would have been a real struggle to have had to have pushed that through, um, you know, quicker, um, you know, more quickly than I did. Um, but then that led to senior year, second semester, which is what I was, um, I had to technically take more classes so that I would be a full-time student so I could get my scholarship. Um, because the school didn't allow, if you got less than, I think two and a half credits, um, and I was in choir, I was in voice, but for music ed, both were like half credit, or I think choir might've been a quarter credit. I think choir was a quarter and I think, uh, studio was, was half. And so that was like 0.75 and I had to take, I took uh, post-World War II. So I had to take a history class and then um, I think vocal ped. So that was 2.25. And so I had to find 1.25 credit to get up to that two point two and a half, So I could get my scholarship because otherwise for some reason, the scholarship just went away and I had to pay, pay full price for some reason. Um, and so I took counterpoint. Um, and so that was um, maybe an interesting decision, but my schedule then turned into other than choir and voice, my only classes were Tuesdays and Thursdays, which was awesome. So it was like the complete opposite of what my life was the years prior. Um, it was a very, you know, I, 
easy isn't the right word because the classes were difficult, but um, I, I got a lot of sleep um, that though that's a little less stressful. Yeah. A little bit less. Yeah. 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 Although counterpoint, I don't know. I don't know about that choice. No. Yeah. Well, I thought I, as a person with a math brain, I like music theory and I still do. It's still the thing that interests me probably most in the whole music world. But um, counterpoint was, was something completely different. And um, you know, I, I, I didn't have that many options. And well, my other options were honestly classes that would be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I really liked the idea of only having classes Tuesday, Thursday. And so, you know, it was, it was whatever. It was a hard class though. And it was a lot of work. Yeah. I don't blame you, but yeah. yes, that was, that was a, a crazy time. And like many a night spent in that music lab. Oh yeah. Working on, working on assignments together. Yeah. So yeah. Thank goodness we were in that class together. Cause yeah. I feel like, it, w- it was rough, but I feel like we had a good group of people. I don't remember exactly who was all in it. But yeah, I, just remember. I remember it being a, yeah, a good group. It was like yeah. decent. Uh-huh. Yeah. But um, yeah, good times. Yeah. Senior year senior year of Wesleyan was not was too good. bad. We had, we had choir tour. I'm glad that you Fun. decided to student teach the following yeah. semester so you could join us. On yeah, absolutely. That last, that last choir tour. That was yeah. New York, right? Yep. That was the snowstorm. Right. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. So many yep. good memories. Although that was interesting because like everything got shut down and then we had limited. Very limited. Yeah. It was wow. like, it was almost like, like COVID looking, but it was because of the snow instead. Like everything was closed in, in New right. York. Um, and then, well, and it was, it almost looked like how COVID looked at like the very beginning because some people like still braved it to go to like shows and people are like, are you really like going to risk that and like go to the show? And it's like, yeah, I need, I'm in New York. And that's like how I think a lot of people acted, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. But there was no pandemic. It was, it was no, just it was big... very different. It was just snow. Yeah. Just snow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I miss those days. I miss, I miss choir. I miss, you know, the college, like being around people all the time. Yeah. And for many reasons. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's one of those things where it's easy to get nostalgic because like that college, at least for me, but my parents still live in the same spot. Like I work close to where I grew up at this point. So like I um, am still in the, uh, that community from time to time. And so, you know, high school and things like that, like I can get nostalgic for that kind of thing, but like college, especially where it's like that, I, I don't go down to down there much anymore, but I also, at the same time, um, it's, you're never going to have the same collection of people. Like I'm not going to bump into bump into people from college on the street really very often. And so it is one of those things where it is, it, it gets very nostalgic because it's like, that was such a quick, the, the four years to me went by very quickly and, but it was just such a big thing. And it's like, that was it, the whole time it was just fleeting and it was disappearing, which is, is a little sad, but it was so fun. And I'm very glad. Um, like I had a very good time and, and I, I'm, I'd rather have the memories. What is it like with, with Winnie the Pooh or something like better to, no, that's not Winnie the Pooh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> What's the Winnie the Pooh quote about, um, goodbye or something like that. I forget. Like it's better to have. Lo- better to have loved and have lost than never have loved before. That was one thing, but that was not the Winnie the Pooh. The, it, oh, it's how lucky we are to have whatever. I think it's friends that make saying goodbye so hard or something like that. Something along those lines. I think that's Winnie the Pooh. It's a great philosopher um, from our time. So um, those li- words to live by. Absolutely. 
yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. So college, college was great. Um, that was fun reminiscing. And, um, and now you are currently living the life as a pandemic teacher. I am. And, and I want to talk a little bit about, about that and, mm-hmm. and how your first couple years out in the, in the real world teaching have been since uh, it's been four years since we graduated college. Yeah. It'll be, yeah, it'll, it'll be, be four. four. Yeah. So do you it's want, to- you want like the whole story from like the beginning or are you talking pandemic? Do you want me to get to the pandemic part later? Um, whatever you think is, is pertinent to your oh, path. Oh, I've got a pertinent path for sure. Um, so I'll just give a brief rundown of like how I, how I got here. So, um, like I said, I student taught that ninth semester. So that was fall of 2017. Um, so I walked to graduation, but I technically didn't get a diploma till December because I was student teaching. Um, student taught, I was split between a high school, uh, the first eight weeks and a middle school, the second eight weeks. Um, and so that was good. Um, it was two very different experiences, two very different co-ops. And I think both were very good for me for different reasons. Um, one was very by the book and one was very not, um, and not in a bad way, not like anti the book, but you know, kind of was a little bit more of a veteran teacher and was, was good at pointing out when going by the book is, is good. And when maybe, you know, putting your own spin on something is good. But the other teacher was very, was very good at getting me to like be disciplined and all that stuff. And, um, so I think both were very beneficial for me. Um, and so, yeah, I finished that in December and then I, uh, became a permanent sub actually at the high school I went to, um, just around the building. Um, it was, it was very interesting. Um, but it was, you know, as a teacher, um, it's difficult to find jobs mid-year and when you do, there's usually, I don't want to say usually, but there's often, um, it's often not. Uh, a great situation, either somebody left for whatever reason, um, or, you know, got fired or, you know, their fight, there's fighting going on. And especially in music where, um, a lot of it's about building that music community and everything and coming in and replacing somebody anyway can be awkward. And and so going in mid-year and and also just looking for a specifically a music teaching job mid-year was tough. I remember looking around and there were just a couple, um, but then um, actually a good friend of mine's dad was the principal at my high school. And I was uh, kind of talking to him about like what was going on. And, and um, he was like, you know, we have like these, these sub positions for you. And so he got, he helped me out. And um, so I, I did that. And I think that was honestly the right call for me because I think anything else I would have done, um, I would have, if I would have stayed on, it just would have been not the best situation for me. And um, subbing was definitely, um, interesting. It was not something I'd want to do, uh, for very long, but, um, you know, it gave me a lot of great experience and, um, it really helped. The one thing it, it helped with a lot for me is working with kids with special needs because whenever I, they, there wasn't a place for me, they would send me down to that area of the school cause they always could use help, um, down there just with whatever. So, um, that really helped. And honestly, I didn't do much music at all. I, I think throughout the semester, um, I might've subbed one time for a music class, which was honestly like, it was frustrating at the time, but honestly it was kind of nice because I knew the music area and it was nice to kind of see the whole school. And, um, like I said, the, the being in the, uh, like special ed hallway and everything and working with 
those kids of many of varying needs, um, I think was um, really great for me because it was more working one-on-one than anything I'd ever done before. And so that was great. And then um, I applied for music jobs again, um, you know, finding music jobs in the suburb because it was kind of at that point I kind of knew I wanted to stay in the suburbs for a lot of different reasons um and so at the time I felt like I was maybe making my search a little too narrow but um I just knew that's what I wanted to do um in terms of I didn't want to move elsewhere in state I guess um and then my now wife was you know going to be around in the area so I wasn't going to go somewhere super far so um and so I was applying for a while and then wasn't getting anything. So I was like really hitting the ground. I'm like, I'm going to get that math endorsement because there's so many more math jobs than, than uh, music jobs. But then um, right at the, at the end, uh, it was like the middle of the summer when I was like, oh, geez, like I'm not going to find anything. Um, somebody I know pretty well, um, he texted me and said, hey, like a teacher was um, let go at, at our school. It's, it's a part-time music school or part-time music uh, job, like general music teaching job. Uh, but he's like, it, you know, it's a great district. It'd be great to get your foot in the door. And um, I know you're looking for something. So, um, you know, and we'd love to have, cause he also worked there and he, he had had some issues with the other music teacher. So he was like, you know, and it's, this is somebody who's uh, quite a bit older than I am, but I had worked with him before and, and, you know, we, we worked well together. So, um, you know, he kind of, he kind of got me an interview and, um, so I, I've been there for the last few years doing general music. And then this year was able to bump up uh, to full-time this particular year, uh, school year, um, teaching at a high school in the district as well, um, teaching a, a class piano class as well. So, um, you know, I, I did two years of part-time and during that time I did um, subbing at that school as well. And um, as a teacher, it was kind of a, I was kind of uh, taking, taking advantage of a bit of a, a loophole, um, but <laughs> Uh, teachers who are hired when they sub uh, get a much higher hourly rate because usually you only have one or two hours in the day off that you could sub. And so, you know, otherwise if it was just, you know, whatever the other rate was, you know, you wouldn't get much. So um, honestly, I, I benefited from being able to be a teacher there and then I subbed throughout the rest of the day. So that was able to help supplement me more than just being a sub uh, was, which was great. Um, and I also, to help with that. Cause I, again, part-time teacher, you know, was, was kind of, I was paying rent and everything and it was all very tough. So I was just kind of taking as many jobs on as I could. Um, another friend of mine who was my roommate at the time taught lessons, the private voice and piano lessons at a, at a music school. And so he got me in there as well. Um, and so I've been doing all that. And honestly, that was the biggest blessing was teaching the, the private lessons because when the pandemic hit, all the subbing hours went away. Um, because they didn't need subs. It was all, you know, if teachers couldn't, go, it was all about posting assignments, especially at the end of last year, there wasn't as much structure as there was this year. Um, and it was kind of because nobody knew what was going on. Um, and so it was kind of a, a change for everybody. And so um, honestly, having those lessons was really huge um, for me. And then, um, yeah, the pandemic hit last year and I, I was lucky to have been able to um, interview for another job in district and um, be brought on full time. And I'm still teaching those lessons, um, you know, online as well. Um, and so it's been a, it's been an adventure um, being, working a new job during the pandemic and a job that was pretty new for me at the time the pandemic hit. I think I started it last December of 2019 or so. So it was only a couple months in. Um, it was a tough transition 
Um, and just, you know, teaching this year, it's like everything I learned about teaching, it's like I had to throw it out the window in terms of classroom management, in terms of things like that. I mean, the content stays pretty similar, although I am a very, I'm a, I would say I'm a completionist. Um, and a lot, like I am very bad at like something I struggle with is, is, um, doing something like halfway or getting something like halfway done. Um, I'm, I'm very, I'm fine with like kind of being lazy on some things, but then I'm like really lazy on them. And if I choose, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it all. And I'm not good at differentiating between like, I can let this go right now. Like this doesn't have, I don't have to worry about this right now. Um, because I've been doing plenty, right. It's like, if this is, if I'm, if I'm putting my mind to it, I'm going to work really hard at it. And I, and I get really stressed out when, when, um, things aren't like that. So this year, or, and I guess at the end of last year as well, I really struggled with knowing that, okay, we're not going to get through as much content. Like I'm going to have to cut things. Um, and I'm like, well, everything's so important. Like, what do I get rid of? Like why I, I, I don't understand this doesn't compute for me. Um, and then honestly, I, I got at the end of last year, I got in a bit of a rut where it was the opposite, where, like I was saying, like, okay, well then I'll, we'll get through this much. And I'm, you know, if I, I know I'm not going to get through everything. So, you know, make, I'm going to make these classes, you know, work, but I'm not going to care that much if we miss some things. And I, that was maybe the right attitude to have at the end of last year, because, um, you know, nothing was normal. And so if I overstressed about whether or not we got to 16th notes, like, you know, that, that might've been, um, you know, that that's a, a much smaller problem than, than, you know, the grand scheme of things. But um, yeah, I, that, I would say that's the biggest struggle I've had with the pandemic is just um, knowing that my teaching isn't going to be as effective as normal. Um, and things that I've been successful with, I might not be successful with anymore. And, um, you know, ways I've been able to reach out to kids and help kids out, maybe they're not going to work this year. Um, so I would just say that that's been the biggest uh, struggle, but that's essentially been my journey. And now, um, you know, it's looking like soon the, the schools, the middle school, it was just announced is going to be going to five days a week in a few weeks here, which is a little crazy to think about. Um, but uh, the 12th and then um, the high school, I think is going to stick with the two to four days a, a week plan where, you know, some kids are there too, some are there for some are there zero. Um, and um, honestly, there's a lot of things that I've learned over the past year that I think will just make me a more effective teacher um, in general, just communication, I would say, and checking in on kids. And um, it's, I've had to kind of go the extra mile um, for those kinds of things. And honestly, like I've learned that that stuff's, I mean, I always knew that stuff was important, but it's like one of those things where, okay, I know something is important, but before you really see it firsthand, you, you don't it doesn't really hit home as much, but like I I've had some students that, you know, have been struggling in my class, not turning things in, not following instructions or whatever. Um, and then I reach out to them and I'm able to meet with them one-on-one -on -one and they're great. And, um, like, I think that is, that problem has been a little bit more exacerbated this year because I would guess a higher percentage of kids have kind of had that, like not, that careless, I guess, attitude with school, um, just because, you know, there's other things to worry about. 
but it has kind of made that a little bit more like there's always students like that who just aren't going to do the work who just aren't and it's i mean it's especially in music it's it's essentially never that they just want to stick it to me you know it's it's there's always something else going on um and so you know well it, it can be so many different things but i i would say that that's something that's that's really been great for me this year honestly is just kind of seeing that and um you know i don't know that that's been probably the biggest impact honestly covid and the the whole pandemic has had on me especially on my teaching style is just um i'm 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 someone that usually is is good at um talking to a crowd or or um addressing a lot of people um but not thinking about the fact that i'm talking to a bunch of individuals um and so um you know I don't know that that's been my biggest takeaway from this year. And I just kind of rambled. I realized you just asked me like what it was like to be a pandemic teacher. And I somehow talked about, I don't know, 16th notes, but. That's okay. I cannot imagine. I mean, I I work for a, for a school, but I don't have the same um, amount of teaching and it's, Mm -hmm. it's very different because the school I work at is a, is a boarding school and they have uh, like a bubble and it's, it's all completely different. It's, Mm -hmm. it's very different. But um, I can't imagine like dealing with a hybrid system, like you said, and and having to figure out like the middle school and the high school talking to a screen, but also talking to people in person. Like, I know that's probably a challenge, um, having to alter your plans to be able to do both at the same time. Yeah, I it's yeah, exactly. That's been honestly the, the biggest thing I've hated from this year is the having to live stream classes while also teaching people in person, because at times it feels like there's no point for having kids in person because you have to teach a specific way when there's people online. Like you can't, um, I mean, you can, you can veer from it every once in a while, but you have to address those people online. And, um, you know, my computer is set up behind a desk. And so I have to sit behind the desk most of the time and I can walk around a little bit, but when I'm walking around a little bit, I'm not addressing those kids at home at all. Um, and I know some teachers, um, in, in some, you know, more core subjects, have a setup that is like, they've got like a nice microphone and they can kind of hear a little bit. Um, but for me, that never felt like the right, um, because I'm not doing as much like, okay, so here is how we multiply. Here's how we add fractions, like all that stuff um, where you kind of need to be in front of a whiteboard. Like it's, I mean, it, it works for me behind the desk, but then there's a lot of things that are missing, I would say. And it's tough to find that balance. Um, it's, it, it, it really is. It's, um, it's something that I've been working toward all year, um, is just figuring out how to address kids at home, because that's the other thing is I don't know what kids are doing, what, when they're at home, like we're supposed to have them have their cameras on, but like there are exceptions as to times that they can have their cameras off. And so I can't like yell at kids for having their cameras on specific or cameras off specifically. Cause I don't know what's going on. Um, and so, and it's one of those things where it's like, I know that there's kids that literally just have their cameras off and are doing whatever. And you know what? Like maybe there would have been some days if I was a high school kid where I would have done the same thing. So I don't know. Um, but it's, I don't know. It, that, that's been really tough. I would say just, just adapting everything to um, an online world. And then especially an online slash in-person world has, has been tough and things like the mandates that, you know, we've had to make sure kids are wearing masks and, um, today, today, even I had an assistant principal come down because we're having more students, like I said, come, come back in person and it's slowly being added in. And, 
um, my classroom was at capacity or it was, it was technically over capacity um, from before. Um, and so originally my plan was there's a practice room right next door. And I was like, okay, I'll just have one student go in there. They'll have a piano in front of them. It'll be fine. But then we were so over capacity that I had to, ha I spent like half of a class period today with the custodians moving pianos around to figure out how we could keep 14 kids, six feet apart. Um, and so that, you know, and I'm sure, cause I share my classroom, the other teacher will come in tomorrow and be super duper confused as to what the heck is going on. And that's the other thing. Now I'm just going to go on a tangent, but communication with other teachers really hard this year. Um, that's something that, you know, you, you'll eat lunch with them normally, or you'll bump into each other in the hallway or in the copy room or whatever. But we have our places that we pretty much have to be stationed to, um, you know, during the day. And, you know, we're able to communicate, we're able to talk to each other, but um, there's just not that time, I would say, like, there's not that, you know, built in time where everybody has lunch or where everybody um, has a, a plan period together and you can go and ask each other questions. Um, you know, luckily my staff is, is very nice and, and um, they've been nothing but um, helpful for me and I have nothing but great things to say, but um, I would say I have not been able to get as get to know them as well as I, I would have, especially at a new school um, in a normal year. And honestly, that's a lot of the time I, I've also felt like because I'm kind of on an island, um, I teach music classes. I'm not really, I'm in a music department, but the rest of the music department is band, choir, orchestra. Their needs are very different from a class piano class because they're ensembles. They have to figure out their biggest focus is how can they do this safely and following guidelines and everything. So, um, you know, they kind of have their own, own stuff going on. Um, and so it's kind of tough. It is just, as a new teacher at, at teaching a new thing, I've never taught a class piano before. I've, I've taught piano units and I've taught individual piano lessons, but I had never taught class piano before of more than like two or three people at a time. Um, and I basically had to start everything from scratch. They gave me everything that the last teacher did, but it was very structured for in-person because when you're teaching piano, kids are going to be at all different levels. And so it was basically, you're going to play this by this point and whatever, and then I'll walk around and wherever you're at in the book, I'll help you out. But I can't really do that anymore. Um, and mm -hmm. so that's been a struggle as well as just, um, I, I think a lot of teachers in, in other departments and, you know, who have departments um, have been able to do a lot of trial and error and talk about, you know, hey, this teacher is going to try this. This teacher is going to try this. Let's come back and see what works. Um, for me, it's kind of been me learning on the job um, all year, which is another thing that I struggle with is because sometimes I feel like I'm putting a lot of work in and I'm not getting much result. And I hate that. I, I when I work, I like to be efficient. Um, and so I hate when I'm doing unnecessary um, work because it's um, I don't know. It, they, that's, that's weighed on me this year as well. Um, it's been just a busy year. I would say it's been a busy and a non because the fun stuff after school that hasn't really been happening. And so, um, it's been let, like, I've been getting home earlier, but you know, I've been working a lot higher percentage of my days and my evenings and stuff. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It is a tough, tough time being a teacher in the pandemic. For sure. And, it's different. Um, different. Yeah. yeah. Different, harder. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's things that I like my job security, I would say like in terms of, careers like as a teacher I never felt like my job was in jeopardy like that that's one thing is a lot of people 
um, have struggled with, you know, whatever has come up um, because of the pandemic, people losing jobs and, um, you know, businesses closing and things like that. And so I do feel very fortunate. And I would say that um, I would hope many teachers would feel would feel the exact same way. Um, I think everybody's job has gotten a lot harder in the pandemic, to be honest. So, um, but it definitely, as a teacher, things look way different than they did when I was getting into it. And I will say I'm very fortunate to be a 25-year-old teacher who knows how to use a computer and knows how to use Google and used Google Drive in college and all that stuff. And not being one of the, you know, 60-somethings that were planning to retire at the end of this year who (laughs) were getting ready for retirement and knew one way of doing something and then have just had to kind of learn it all over again. Um, And so I'm fortunate for that as well. Yeah, yeah, I I know. I I've, I've been around other people that also have like technology struggles and it's, you know, it's hard because it's like that wasn't part of the job description mm-hmm. necessarily. Yeah. Um, you know, that wasn't like an expectation. That was like something that we're all like slowly well, younger people have been like exposed to mm-hmm. all of this our whole lives. So mm-hmm. like we're okay with it, but like the older generations like they've maybe been able to like slowly yeah. get in technology but like this year it was just like yeah I'm gonna throw you into the deep end yep. like you're you're expected to like just be able to do it right away yeah. so yeah that's that's hard but yep. as young people were we were okay with yeah. that so. yeah but yeah not not an easy time being a teacher right now um and I'm sure you're looking forward to the upcoming whenever when things start improving and we don't have all the all the crazy guidelines and and not saying there's anything wrong with those like those are good we need to be safe but um but i think in hopefully by the fall i mean what do you think like do you think in the fall things will be more normal or do you think it'll take a little longer more more normal absolutely um i i i would be shocked if if kids aren't there 5 days a week in the in the um fall or at least many kids i could see them still having a virtual option um, but just because they're already kind of working toward that, uh, five day a week, and it seems like things are getting better by the day. Um, it, I, 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 kids will be there five days a week. Now things I could see, I could see, um, cause well, they're also changing the guidelines now to, to three feet instead of six feet too. Um, and so they'll be able to fit more kids in the classroom too. Um, so that's important. Um, and then, um, beyond that, like, uh, I could see masks being required still. Um, when you're inside, uh, probably not outside. I I would assume like for PE and stuff, you you'll be able to go out without because even now they are able to space out outside without masks. Um, and mm-hmm. so, I there are things that are going to change forever though. There are definitely things that will like I don't think we'll ever have a snow day again um, or like a regular snow day. But I think it's going to be a combination of we're never going to have a, a snow day again, but we're also going to have a lot more snow days. Like I think they're going to call snow days a lot more often. Um, and they'll call them earlier because they know we have this backup plan in place rather than having to wait to the last minute, because I know so many teachers, luckily I live pretty close to work, but who have driven all the way to school and then have the snow day called. And it's like the teachers that live far away are the ones that they're kind of doing this for. And it's like, okay, well at that point now I have to do it twice, do the drive twice. And so I think that'll happen. I think, um, you know, and I could see it even being like one day a month um, they do online school for whatever reason for teacher meetings and stuff um, for the rest mm-hmm. of the day. Like, I think that's going to become more of a, of a part uh, of education. Um, I don't think it's going to be everything, but I think, you know, just 
it will be more more of it more of a part of it and that's the biggest thing i think will change long term i mean i think in the short term from even next year people are still going to be really careful um Mm -hmm. in terms of like hand sanitizer and everything like i think that's still going to be something but i think that'll be something that after a while maybe won't it, it won't look much different from how it did before at least in the school setting um but yeah i i i think there will be definite long-term impacts everywhere in the world, but definitely in the school setting too, because there's just so many people and there's so many germs in those places. Like oh, I know. it's schools are schools are places where germs go to live. Um, and so, ah. yeah. So I think they'll, they'll be more cautious with that kind of stuff, I guess, than they were before, but I think things are going to lighten up. And I, I definitely, I, mean, I, I shouldn't say definitely. I feel very confident that at least by the end of next school year, things will resemble pretty closely what school did before. Um, And I honestly think even at the start of next year, things will be closer. But like I said, I could see masks and stuff like that still being a thing. Right, right. Like a slow transition back to normal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, But you're vaccinated. I am, yeah. And Holy. teachers in Illinois are eligible. Yep. Teachers in Massachusetts are now eligible as oh, well. Oh, nice. Cool. And I'm vaccinated. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I figured uh, we would just touch on that fact. Mm-hmm. Because, first of all, if you're listening and you're eligible, go get your vaccine. And if you're mm-hmm. not eligible, you know, wait your turn. But um, but hopefully soon for you. Yeah. And, and I encourage you all to get vaccinated. Do your research. I know I did. Um, I think Joey and I have different vaccinations. Mm. Um, I got the Johnson and Johnson, so I got the one dose, but, um, you know, do your research. Mm -hmm. I got the Pfizer. I didn't have a choice, but. Yeah, I didn't have a choice either. I mean, (laughs) I don't think most people have a choice, but, um, but I just mean like on vaccines Uh if you're skeptical. And I wasn't skeptical, but I wanted to like read up once I found out I was getting the Johnson and Johnson. I wanted to read mm. up on it. There's a lot of like misinformation circulating, especially mm. about that one. Yeah. Um, just yeah. that it's like not as effective mm. and all this. And I'm just here to tell you, I've talked to a lot of friends and family and science people and read articles and uh, basically all of the vaccines that are available right now prevent hospitalization and death. So mm. If you have the option to get vaccinated, go get vaccinated. And we are, we're on our way back to normal life with, with all of that. So, oh, it's feeling good. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, And I can't imagine, like for you, it must feel so relieving to know that you'll be able to be safer, first of all, in your classroom. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to like worry so much. I mean, I don't know how that was before you got vaccinated, Mm -hmm. if you ever like, were scared that you were going to get sick. Yeah. Um, I, I would say for me, um, because I, I've been pretty, um, isolated. Like I, I haven't been seeing many people outside and, you know, of course I, I did not want to get it by any means. Um, um, I would say for me, it, it, the protocols, I, kids in my classes always did pretty well with, with mask wearing. Um, and especially when we're fully online, I was just in a classroom the whole time. Um, and then, you know, even beyond that, there weren't, um, there weren't many, um, times where there were kids that struggled with masks. And then all of first semester, my classes were small. Um, they were my in-person classes. I think my biggest was like four or five kids. Um, and my desk was far away from all of them. And so, um, and I always left the door open and, 
um, kind of let that circulate. Um, and so I would say for me, like I took a lot of precautions to make sure um, that nothing would happen. And that was kind of just my mindset was just, you know, maybe, it, you know, was that, you know, I, I think at this point, you know, at that point when teachers were back in, I was like, okay, I'm going to go do my thing, but that just means I'm not going to go see my grandparents or anything like that. And, um, you know, I probably wouldn't have anyway. So, um, at that point I felt, I, I would say I felt, um, a little, little worried, but it wasn't something that was like living in the back of my mind, like that. Oh, oh like if I, if I do catch this, because I mean, I I do know a lot of people that are my age and otherwise helpful, not a lot of people, but I know of many people who are our age and otherwise healthy that COVID did have a really big impact on. So I'm, I'm not trying to minimize um, that at all. Um, but um, I, I did just kind of know that at that point, especially, I mean, like there were so many things opening up at a certain point when school was in and it, especially when school wasn't open yet. It was, it was frustrating me. I was like, okay, well, people are going to bars and people are doing all these things. And like kids aren't in school and it's like this, you know, I feel like the order should have been reversed. Like, I feel like the priority should have been kids in person learning a little bit um, and safely. And, um, and so at that point I was like, all right, well, if we really think it's safe enough to do this, then, you know, I, I think I can probably do my job. And, and um, mm-hmm. so I just kind of, I mean, it's probably bad, but I didn't think about it. Like when I would go to work every day and just, you know, I would just kind of do my thing and I would, obviously follow all the protocols and just hope that those things were there to protect me. And, and luckily I was all good. So good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you were being careful and safe. Yeah. Like, it's not like absolutely. You were- I'm just not a nervous person. That's the other thing. Like I'm, I'm not a nervous person. Yeah. Um, you're very calm. Yeah. So, th- so that's the other thing is like, I, it's, it's not like I was not nervous and I was worried about other things. I just like, uh, you know, you're just chill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I just was kind of like, yeah, this is here. Uh, <laughs> And I took all the, took all the precautions and everything to make sure I'm like, you know, I'm doing everything I can. And at this point, you know, I, just like when I, when I drive my car, I, I put, put my seatbelt on, but I'm not going to freak out. I'm going to get in an accident. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Very different, very different circumstances. I'm not trying to equate the two, but I, but. Um, I got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I got you. Cool. Yeah. I'm just clarifying for my listeners. Like you are a very careful person. Yes. You care about the pandemic, but, mm-hmm. but you weren't like freaking out right. all the time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah, I was freaking out in terms of, I wasn't doing anything else really. Like I was being very cautious, but like, I was like the thing, like of the things I should, it's probably most important that I like teach kids because that seems like something that's, that's important. So. Um, yeah. And you can help them. Yeah. Cause that's, that's what you do best. And, go. and yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So but now you're vaccinated. So now, now I, I am. Really don't now I feel much. great. Fully vaccinated. Yeah. And, you didn't have any crazy uh, superpowers come out of or, or bad things. Not come yet. Out. Not yet. No, yeah. I will see. It's been over two weeks though. So um, yeah. So probably uh, less likely, probably less likely. Yeah. And I felt fine the next day, honestly, like my side effects weren't that bad. I would say they weren't really bad at all. The first time. Well, the thing is like, we're also painting our house that we're in. And so it's really hard to know what was, because of the vaccine and what was just because I was working really hard. Like the time after I got the first one, we were painting um, the fireplace and that was the hardest painting I had to do. And my arm got really sore. Um, but you know, arm soreness, not a bit, like it wasn't so sore that it was like, I can't do anything today. It was just like, I, it felt like I had a bruise. And then the second time, the, the second one, same kind of thing, but then I was ripping wallpaper down and I got lethargic pretty, like I got tired and kind of lightheaded quickly. 
but when I wasn't doing anything physically taxing, I was fine. Like there was nothing. And so I do wonder like if I would have not done that, I probably wouldn't have noticed anything. And I wonder if, if I didn't have the vaccine, if I still would have felt lightheaded for whatever reason, because like there were fumes and stuff in the room. So like, I don't even know. I, I don't think I really had any side effects. And if I did, um, they weren't anything that really were bad at all. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people don't have very bad side effects. Yeah. I had like a, a night, like 12 hours yeah. after I had chills and probably a fever yeah. and headache and my body hurt. And yeah. it was not like a fun time, but it's better I went than to- having COVID. And it was exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's what I want to leave with my listeners is that, uh, you know, 12 hours or 24 hours of, of not feeling so great is mm-hmm. much better than having long lasting problems from COVID that you never get under control and might leave you with like mm-hmm. heart damage or lung damage or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you might have. Like I know friends that have lasting problems. Right. So here for other people, go get vaccinated. Um, that's my takeaway from, <laughs> from this last section here. But, um, but yeah, thank you so much, Joey, for coming on. Oh yeah. This was- Thank you. Of course. And um, I'll see you guys all next week. It will be the season finale. So tune in next week.